Welcome to the sermons of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. We pray that this may be a blessing to you, and God's Word would dwell richly within your heart. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please be seated. Advent is a good time to slow down. The world around us is rushing forward to Christmas at full speed, so much so that by the time Christmas actually begins, it has tired of it. For the average person on the street, the 12 days of Christmas do not refer to the time between Christmas and Epiphany, but to the 12 days leading up to it. Already you can see and hear the sounds of Christmas all around. Many are about the caricature of Saint Nicholas, but also some mention the Christ child. With all of this going on around us, Advent seems to begin in an odd way. With readings about the triumphal entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. And while it may seem detached from Advent, it is all connected, and it helps us to prepare worthily to celebrate the upcoming feast. The tone for Advent is set today by our Collect and our closing hymn by Paul Gerhardt. Our Collect reads, Stir up your power, O Lord, and come, that by your protection we may be rescued from the threatening perils of our sins and saved by your mighty deliverance. Our collect calls on the Lord Jesus to hasten his advent, his second coming, and to rescue us from our sins and save us by what he has done for us. Our hymn plays off of this, asking the question, how shall we meet such a Savior as this, saying, O Lord, how shall I meet you? How welcome you aright? It weaves beautifully the Palm Sunday entry into Jerusalem the incarnation of our Lord Jesus to save us, and his final coming at the judgment. And so today we will look at answering this question, how shall we meet our Savior who has come, who is present, and who will come again? As we prepare for Christmas through the season of Advent, it can seem at times that we're preparing to welcome and to meet the Christ child, just as the shepherds did on the night of his birth. It's Jesus' birthday, after all, we might say, and we celebrate it with all the joy that we would celebrate the birth of any newborn. And it's easy to be drawn to this thinking. After all, the images of his mother tenderly holding him in a stall, surrounded by the animals, with winged angels flying about, is a beautiful image and one that rouses in us the spirit of devotion. But Advent reminds us to slow down, to ask the question of why? Why his birth? Why did God become man? Why was the word made flesh? He was not simply born just because. He did not come to earth just to be here. He did not come here when he did by chance. 
No, everything happened according to the providence of God in order that he might rescue us from the threatening perils of our sins and save us by his mighty deliverance. We die because of the consequences of our sin and how our sin has so infected our nature. It seems normal for us because we're used to it that because we are born, we will also die. But our Lord was born in order to die. Because Jesus is the Son of God made man, he is sinless, and so he did not have to die for the consequences of sin, because he never sinned. Yet he took on flesh in order to die, to die for us. Christmas always points forward to the cross. There are a number of paintings from the Renaissance which demonstrate this quite well. Often in the stable, on a wall, high above the place where the babe is lying in the manger, there is a crucifix, pointing to the reason for his birth. It's the same reason for the pious legend that the wood of the cross and the wood of the manger came from the same tree. This is why our gospel reading this morning is so relevant, for it marks the beginning of Holy Week, the beginning of the last few days of our Lord before our Lord's sacrificial death for our sake, dying in our place so that our sins may be forgiven, so that our sins which infinitely offend God may infinitely be atoned for by one who is God and man in one person. Who else could make peace between God and man besides the one who is both God and man? The peace which the angels sang about on the night of his birth is that which comes at the cost of his death. The people who waited for the Lord as he entered Jerusalem, who shouted, Hosanna to the son of David, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest, did not know the prophetic extent of their cries. They cried, Hosanna, that is, please save us, thinking that he would save them from the threatening power of the Romans. But in reality, their cries echoed the deeper need to be saved not from their temporal enemies, but from the spiritual enemies of sin, Satan, and even death itself. Our Lord answered this prayer in going to the cross and dying the death of a sinner, although he was righteous, and so that we may be made righteous by faith in him. Thus we may be saved from those same enemies who all haunt, who haunt all humanity by his mighty deliverance, which he has accomplished for us. After he accomplished this salvation, he was raised on the third day. Forty days later, he ascended into heaven from where he will come to judge the living and the dead. And so is that it? He did what he needed to do, and then he left? And now we just wait? Not exactly. He has not left us orphaned when he ascended to the right hand of the Father. He did not leave his church. Rather, he has hidden himself. He has not abandoned us. He has ascended and now uses the fullness of his divine majesty. He has kept his promise that he gave his disciples before he ascended, saying, Remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
And how is he with us now? He is with us through the presence and work of the Holy Spirit, whom he has sent to his church to be her comforter and advocate. The Holy Spirit is present in all who believe, dwelling in them, uniting them together. It is he who creates and sustains faith in us, who stirs us up to love and to good works, and enables us to walk properly as in the day. And through our baptism into Jesus Christ, he enables us to daily put on the Lord Jesus Christ, so that we may not give any provision for the flesh. Without him, without his work in us, we would not be able to walk in such a way that is pleasing to God or to put on Christ. And it is no small thing that he has sent us his Holy Spirit, and that he continues to work in and among us to comfort us, to build us up, and to call us back to himself when we have sinned. But that is not all he does, for he himself continues to come to his people and be in their midst. Through the read and preached word, he speaks to us, teaches us and guides us on the paths of life in him, encourages us in our wait for him. His word is the pasture in which he feeds us, causing us to grow up in all holiness and righteousness, and in which we dwell safely. Through his word he teaches us to hold fast to him and to his pure teaching, so that we are not buffeted to and fro by every wind and wave of false doctrine. He also comes to us in the sacrament of the altar, the Lord's Supper. In this meal and this gift given purely of the grace of God, Jesus, our branch of righteousness, who is the Lord our righteousness, comes to us with his body and blood, just as he came to Jerusalem in humility, going to the cross for us, so too he comes to us in the supper by humble means of bread and wine, delivering to us the fruits of the cross to eat and drink. So that as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. We proclaim that he died and rose for us, and that by faith in him we are forgiven our sins for his sake. This is why we echo the cry of his people in Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday. As the Lord approaches in the sacrament, we cry out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Save us, please, O blessed Jesus, save us, we pray. And just as he answered the cry of his people in Jerusalem, so too he does in this sacrament, this gift. When he comes in his supper, it, when we come, sorry, to his supper in repentant faith, believing that he has died for us and that he gives his body and blood for us to eat and drink for the forgiveness of sins, we receive that promised forgiveness, life, and salvation. These things he gives to us of his grace, and we receive them by faith. If we doubt these words, if we doubt his promises regarding this supper, we do not receive him for our benefit, but we receive him to our harm. So as long as we come to the table, let us come in unity to receive him in repentant faith, trusting in his words and promises. He will also come again in great power and glory at the end, 
as he promised. This is his long-awaited coming, his final advent of which we wait and of which our season is named after. On that day, he will not come in humility, but in glory. He will not come in meekness, but in power. On that day, there will be two very different reactions to his appearing. Those who walk in the works of darkness, who do not believe in him, who reject his saving work, will see him in terror as the king who comes to execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. He will expose their deeds for what they truly are and cast them off, for they have been his enemies and the enemies of his people. But for those who have loved his appearing when he came in meekness and humility, who have put their faith in him and by that faith have put on the Lord Jesus Christ, who have trusted in him alone for salvation and who have waited for him, they will receive the things promised. St. Paul wrote to the Romans, Our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. That is the salvation for which we long and cry out for. This is the completion of all that we hope for in Christ. This is the final answer to the prayer of Hosanna. For on that day, that final day, the day of his final advent, we will receive in full that which we have now only known in part. For now we still struggle with the desires of the flesh. We still sin daily and daily need the forgiveness which the Lord provides to us from his grace. Now our bodies are subject to change, to decay, to disease, weakness, and ultimately to death. But on that day when our Lord returns in great power and glory, at the sound of his voice all the dead will be raised, and those who trust in him and his salvation will receive it, so that we will be fully purged of sin which clings to our nature. On that day all our desires will be pure and holy, directed towards the ways of the Lord and serving him in his kingdom. On that day there will no longer be any night and darkness, but only day and light. On that day the Lord will make our bodies to be incorruptible, unchanging, and undying, so that there will be no more weakness, age, and sickness to plague us, but we will all dwell safely in his presence as he draws to himself all who believed in him, to live with him in his presence and unending joy. Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna to the righteous branch. Hosanna to the Lord, our righteousness. Blessed are you who come in the name of the Lord, Lord Jesus. Hosanna in the highest. Come, Lord Jesus, and save us. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you always. Amen. Amen.